Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 85. Left Hand, we're back, man. We are? We are from Colorado. I still haven't climatized to Tennessee's climate yet. Did the pollen, like, smack you in the face like a frying pan? Something smacked me in the head like an <laughs> anvil because I've had a headache the last two days, man. Yeah, me too. I think it's the flood of oxygen where I all of a sudden have. Is that what it is? For a week and a half or a week, we were we were at, what, a mile high, literally. We were over a mile high, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were because you're like nine feet tall. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> you could touch the clouds. I could. I was up yeah. there seeing how the weather was, right? So we, ha, we ha, had a ha, big ha. week. <laughs> yeah, we did. We went out to uh, Colorado, flew into Denver first, and uh, we got to do some stuff with Sonoran Desert Institute. Iron Hammer Armory. Iron Hammer Armory. Uh, watched him build a couple of AKs out there. Watched him do some of his, uh, build some axes. He's yep. got a new one coming out called the Minuteman. Yeah, that thing's awesome. I, I accidentally broke my... Uh, Rogers hatchet. <laughs> you you on purpose accidentally did it. You didn't on try to break it. You didn't try yeah. to break it, but you purposefully threw it, thinking it would. It was with throwing axe. Yeah, don't throw your Rogers hatchet because it will snap like a twig. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm upgrading to the Minuteman. Yeah, and then we helped them get ready for Circle the Wagons. Went down to Colorado Springs to Dragon Man's range, which is an awesome range. But uh, we're going to have a video coming out next Tuesday. We're going to do a Google Hangout uh, with some of the other YouTubers and bloggers and people that were there at the event, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We Like Shooting was there. Uh, The guys from Rockwell Tactical were a big part in doing the training of the the courses. Those guys were awesome. Jared and Hans, Mm -hmm. very cool guys, yeah. And then Robert with Keenaz. Then Robert Arby with uh, Keenaz Tactical. (laughs) We'd like to thank the guys from SoCo uh, Kydex. Yep. Yeah, uh, they hooked us up with a couple of holsters while we were there. Yep. I was, I was lacking. I picked up a, a tactical vest from uh, from Jason while I was there, and I didn't really have a holster to go with it. So they hooked me up with a Glock twenty three holster. Yeah, and then I got the HK VP nine. I got a holster made for it. Outside the waistband pancake. So Sweet shooting gun, I gotta say. You know, I almost I, fell out when you came back to me and you said you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised myself, man. I just, I'm not an HK guy, and man, I liked it. It was accurate as hell. I, I, the only thing that I had an issue with is because I got the longer thumbs. Is getting a left hand, left thumb purchase on you the. You got a longer everything. What are you talking about? Well, almost everything. Yeah. Your <laughs> pinky toe is a little abnormally small. It is. It is. But uh, but as far as accuracy and smooth, did you get that too? It was just if it almost felt soft when you shot it. Yeah, it the it was like you're shooting a Nerf gun. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the a good re- that's a good description of it. The recoil was non-existent on that. Yeah, and like you like to say, very little recoil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever say that in any videos. But it, it really was. I mean, <laughs> we were shooting, you know, just free shooting that sucker and i guess i put two mags through it and i was shooting at the far left seven target Mm -hmm. and i mean i just i completely blew it out and i was putting bullets in the same hole it was phenomenal i guess we were at like 25 yards uh it was 10 or 15 i think well it depends on where you stood too like when i was shooting it was about 15 yards okay well 
Just of course, you, when you reach, that takes about 10 yeah, yards off. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I was at 10 yards. So 25 for us, 15 <laughs> for you. And we've got some special guests in the studio, which if, if left hand sounds a little weird, he is in his incognito man cave studio, whatever. It's got a fancy mirror in the background, though. But he's Skyping in. <laughs> I like to look at myself. Yeah. <laughs> but from the Orion's Ken TV show, we have got Adam and Brooks. How's it going, guys? It's good. Awesome. Thanks awesome. for having us, guys. Not a problem. We, we, we've passed you guys on the road because they've got their vehicles wrapped, too. We passed you on the road. I looked it up. I'm like, oh, it's Orion's Ken. I was like, oh, it's a hunting show. I'm like, well, crap, we need to connect. We're like right here in middle of Tennessee. Hey, why not? So <laughs> yeah, we finally while, made it happen. For a while there, I think we were stalking each other on Instagram. I think yeah. I'd see you guys and tag a picture of you and then back and forth. So Yeah. yeah but, well, there was, there was a really weird Instagram message I think I got from you once that was like, I saw you in the Nashville Armory. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be a little creepy. All in good fun. <laughs> But y'all show is on Pursuit Channel, right? Yep. So it will be starting in, in July 2015. We'll be on Thursday nights at 7. Okay. Uh, so like with Media, I'm sure you guys are familiar with, nothing happens immediately. They want everything in you know 15 months in advance. Sure, so sure. We've paid the bills. We've got a good number of things filmed, and now we're just waiting for, uh, for our time to come up. Nice. Awesome. Cool. And did y'all do anything cool with guns this week? Firearms? Uh, this week has probably been more bows. Uh, yeah, I shot that works too. probably two hundred out of my bow in the backyard. And what about you, Brooks? Yeah, I uh, got a uh, a new Bowtech. I've been uh-huh. shooting it, and uh, I've got a recurve. I like to I like to shoot pretty much. Nice. Yeah, three or four times a week. Yeah. So yeah, do you hunt with a recurve? Uh, I have. I have not killed anything with a recurve, uh-huh. but uh, but you've taken it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that changes this year. What do you uh, What do you have? Bowtech uh, also? Yeah, so we both shoot Bowtech. I uh, shoot an RPM 360. Brooks shoots an Insanity. Okay. Yeah. Nice bows. Oh, yeah. real, real nice. See, um, I want to get into bow hunting, but I everything's got to be custom. I feel and uh, it, it's kind of, ah, it's a pain. Yeah. But we talked to one company. I won't mention them because I don't know if y'all, are y'all sponsored by Bowtech? No. Oh, okay. I talked to Matthews, and they said that if I go get fitted, that they'll send one so we could do some videos with. Hey, big guys can shoot arrows too. Yeah, that's real cool. We were actually—it's funny you mentioned that. We were just talking with uh, you know one of our local shops here in town, uh, what two weeks ago? Yeah. And he was talking about how there's a big gap in the market right now with you know really tall guys with massive jaw lengths. I mean, Brooks is yep. a big guy, and for him to shoot anything, he's got to be completely maxed out on adjustments, and it's still not quite big enough. So. Yeah. They're missing out for for the for you big guys. Oh yeah, and I'm not as big as you are, so I mean it's. I got gorilla arms. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I'm not only am I tall, but I also have my wingspan is longer than I am tall. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's freakish. I went to Bass Pro and tried to get fitted for one. Yeah, and the guy just looked at me like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Which left hand usually looks at me and says that pretty much every time we do stuff together so <laughs> that's all right we will we will not do just to yeah. you know kind of fit in with the group so yeah. well you can go the, you can go the recurve route you know and just yeah. you just pull it back till it feels good and let it go well it looks more badass too yeah it, yeah it, it looks it, like hey i got an old recurve bow yeah <laughs> have you guys seen on the internet the uh so if, if you read like old uh spartan folklore and, and qualification uh-huh. uh there's um a stipulation where you have to shoot three arrows within a second and so you, you read that, right? And you're like, that's crazy. Nobody can do that. Yeah. I actually saw this video on YouTube where there was a guy, I want to say he was in England, uh-huh. where he wanted to replicate that. And he actually shoots five arrows from a recurve. And the time it takes him to jump off from the top of a set of bleachers to hit the ground, and he hits balloons with every single one of them. It's crazy. Wow. So if you want to talk badass, I mean, yeah. that's something to aspire to. 
Wow. Yeah. How? I mean, one at a time. This he, isn't what, like five lined up. Or no, he, he has them all set up in, in each one of his fingers, just kind of interwoven and just... It's, I can't even demonstrate the motion. Yeah. It's just crazy. I probably couldn't even pull it back once in one second, much less <laughs> five shots in one second. And then be accurate on top of up. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's going to look it up now. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for the jack wagon train. Hey, Ralph, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So brace yourself, baby. So this week, we may or may not, we're kind of trying to remember, but they're so freaking evil and sick and disgusting that they deserve to be on the jack wagon train more than once if we have thrown them on. And that's ISIS or ISIL or whatever the heck the government decides that they're going to be called this this The this Islamic week. State is whatever they are. Yeah. But, uh, you know, here's my, here's my issue with these people is why are we just now hearing about them? Why is all this just now coming to light? Where have these guys been the past 20, 30 years? Well, I would think it depends who you talk to there, right? Yeah. yeah they, they've been around, and we've known they've been around. It's just who decides to acknowledge them and win. Yep, exactly. And they've got a lot of money backing them. I think we talked about that. I think we have thrown them on because I remember talking about this. But, like, the production of their videos, we've talked to people that have been like, yeah, there's more money backing these guys than there were backing uh, Yeah, groups. but, I mean, is it just another branch of Al-Qaeda that they're going and just kind of reinventing themselves? You know, what's, what's the deal? No, I don't know. But they... Some of the stuff they're doing is a lot of all the stuff they're doing is just freaking sick. It's disgusting. It's oh, I, it's I don't inhumane. even want to talk about yeah. it. I, I say we just throw them on the jack wagon train, let people do what they want with it because it's just disgusting to even think about some of the videos and the yeah. beheading children and oh, it, mm. it's rough. Yeah, but these guys hadn't. They didn't just start doing this. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't just start doing this a month ago. I mean, these guys have had to have been doing this for for years and years, and for for the coverage and you know the exposure to just now be coming out. That's what I'm kind of baffled about. Al Qaeda kind of had the front of all the media coverage of it, and now they're kind of on the back burner. So they have to have ISIS up front with all this stuff. I just. I think one of the things that I've read is that, you know, compared to Al-Qaeda, these guys make Al-Qaeda look like a friendly little puppy. Oh, they do. I mean, these guys are just way far past extreme. Yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Christian, whatever. They're just grabbing people and killing them, shooting yep. random people going down the road. And the crazy thing is, is since the last time we talked about it, they have had people taking pictures in front of the White House with the little flag saying, we're already here. Uh, yeah, get ready. well, they, they said that they're they're teaming up with the Colombian cartels to get across our borders. Uh-huh. Yeah. Something that I've heard. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is they could have been here for years and years and years and infiltrated and assimilated and, you know, whatnot. But uh, it's just baffling to me that, that we're just now hearing about this group and their actions. It just seems like they came up overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I think we've known that they've been around and their actions have been what their actions have been and what they've been doing is just I think it's just now coming to light and for whatever reason our government or the media wants to highlight it goes that we were talking about when the shootings around America were going on as it was a distraction you know they use that as a distraction to springboard other things yeah. so we got to be on our toes not to get so uh, engulfed and emotional with with what's going on with this and you know watch what the other hand's doing 
I just hope it's not another one of those, oh, yeah, oops, we had Bin Laden in our crosshairs at one point, and we didn't pull the trigger. And, oops, yeah, we had somebody, the head of ISIS, at one point, and didn't pull the trigger, and then something crazy happens. Because, like you said, they've already said they're threatening within two weeks there's going to be a an attack on on the u.s soil so yeah yeah and it kind of like what you mentioned i mean it doesn't have to be something big it doesn't have to be another 9-11 you know, i was reading an article uh i think on fox news talking about how all it would take is four or five small attacks that happen all at the same time that could have as dramatic of an impact and yep. that, that's what those crazies need to push their agenda well they're it's all sick. about coordinating their their efforts for maximum <clears throat> devastation you know yeah I mean, just just watching. I quit watching the videos because it had that effect. I felt devastated after I watched. It. I've, I felt rage. I felt anger. I felt sadness, mm-hmm. and it was like I'm not watching that shit anymore. I'm going to. Well, I'm just not watching. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that. that's the point I'm making. You know, the media is putting so much attention on this that it is evoking strong emotions and reactions from Americans. And just like you said, it's rage and hate and. You know, let's do something. Why are they doing that? Why are they wanting to get us so fired up? What's coming down the pike that they want Americans to get on board with? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the definition of terrorism in itself. Terrorism well, is to increase terror in the mindset not, of a society. Yeah, you're not listening to what I'm saying, though. <laughs> no, but you, you asked why are they doing it. It's because they want yeah. to increase well, terror. Well, I'm not talking about ISIS. I'm, I'm talking about the media and their coverage of oh, it. And pushing because it, it sells. cramming it down our throats. It sells. But it also evokes emotion and rage. Yep. It's almost like they're priming the pump, like they know something's going to happen and they just want everybody to be fired up for when it does. Yep. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. Well, same thing with the gun shootings. You know, they, they just shoved that and crammed that down America's throats because they wanted to get gun regulations passed. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I'm saying. You just need to watch what the other hand's doing. True. Just like when they were pushing the uh, assault weapons ban last year, we kept saying it on the show. Don't pay attention to it. Pay attention to it, but try to look at what else is going on. And sure enough, once that didn't get passed and it got voted out, look what got passed while we were all fighting for our gun rights. That NSA can look at our emails without a warrant. Oh, crap. So it's like, hey, look over here while we're doing this over here. Yep. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying now. Without saying it, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, NSA. We know you listen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we're not happy about the golf course, just for the record. They tore, yeah. they tore down my favorite golf course, the oldest golf course in the Army. What? Fort Meade. 27 holes built in the 50s. They tore it down to build the data centers for what they're recording right now as I talk of the NSA. So really? NSA, if you're listening, thanks for nothing. I miss my golf course. Really? That well, there's sucks. our jack wagons right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the jack wagon train. <laughs> well, we have a few questions that we ask everybody that comes on the show. Uh, first one is, how did you originally get in firearms? Go for it, Brooks. I was thinking about this, and I really, as long as I can remember, I've had guns. My, my grandfather, my father grew up. They would hunt. I would go with them. Uh, sometimes if I was too little to carry a shotgun rabbit hunting, I served as the dog son, you know, and and (laughs) I would run in, you know, and uh, scare the rabbit out. And and so, I mean, as long as I can remember, you know, I've been shooting and and I was trying to think about the first time I ever shot a gun. And honestly, it's it's hard for me to remember the first time. It's like the first time you walk. You don't remember that. It's uh, but for me, it's, you know, my entire life, I've just been having a gun in my hand or a bow in my hand and been out in the woods running around, you know, trying to bring home dinner. Nice. What about you, Adam? I mean, I'm kind of the same way as Brooks. Um, I can't remember my life without having guns in it. 
I can't even tell you the first time I shot. My dad and my grandfather was just part of who we were growing up and, and part of how I was raised, whether it was out hunting or just um, target shooting. Before I could ever hunt, it was you know drilled in me from my grandfather and father that you've got to be a marksman first because you don't want whatever you're shooting at to suffer. Right. And then, you know, outside of that, it was, you know, sporting clays, um, skeet, trap, whatever. And it's just been, it's been a part of who I am ever since I can remember. I know Adam uh, has some experience, military uh, background. What about you, Brooks? I have no military or law enforcement background. Mine is just being an old country boy out in the woods and running around yeah. my, yeah, I mean, running around my entire life, you know, and uh, so no official past history of that stuff. Gotcha. What about you, uh, Adam? Tell us about yours. Yeah, so I was I, I did my time in the Army. I got to play in some great foreign lands under the global war on terror. Um, some of the best times of my life. You know, obviously learned to shoot all kinds of really cool things. Um, learned a lot about brotherhood and about responsibility. And actually some of the hardest lessons I learned about firearms came from, came from when I was in the military. I had a a lieutenant who shot and killed one of my best friends because he wasn't practicing weapon safety. So, oh my god, that that kind of segued into um, when I got out. Some of my buddies and I we formed a training company. It was you know when a lot of the law enforcement agencies and National Guard troops. It was really kind of basic, but you know firearms one hundred and one, and that really spurred my motivation to um, to train safety above all else. Now. Tell me that guy got arrested in court-martialed. Uh, he did. He got arrested in yeah. court-martialed. Um, I testified at his trial. He was a first lieutenant, uh, and he served 36 months less uh, time served in Leavenworth. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So was it an accident or was it an intentional? Uh, well, so the story there is, um, just to kind of give you a little bit of background there, maybe some context, um, myself as an E4, I was assigned to work with this lieutenant because he was kind of not – he he was a great guy. I don't want to take away from his, from his person. Um, probably had no means, no no reason to be in a leadership position in the military. Um, so I was kind of put with him to watch out for him and help make sure he was doing the right thing. And we were on a mission one day, and there was a there was a car bombing, and he ended up staying back with um, to take care of the site and clean up. And I came back with the team. Um, so one of my responsibilities was as his driver, I cleared his weapon. Mm-hmm. And that day. I wasn't with him, so I didn't clear his weapon. And he was walking our, to our platoon brief that night, and my buddy Joe just asked him, "Hey, LT, is your weapon unloaded?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah. And he he put the barrel of his M4 to the guy's jugular and pulled oh the trigger, God. and it, it wasn't unloaded. So, oh, oh dude, yeah. muzzle awareness, weapon safety, always yeah, says if it's murder. Loaded. That's yeah. murder. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah, tough so, lesson right yeah. there. Like I said, thirty six months uh, manslaughter. Wow, mm. he he got off, get off light. Yeah. When it comes to pop culture, wow! From that story to pop culture, hey, let's, let's shift gears. Wow. Okay, that's, that's that's tough, man. Yeah, that's a tough uh, story. Whether it's movies, TV shows, books, uh, games, whatever, if it involves firearms, what's your go-to? What's your favorite? Uh, as far as pop culture, I mean, I'll, I, I guess I'll give uh, Eric at Soldier Systems a nod. I mean, I read his stuff constantly. As far as games, I mean, hey, you can't beat classic Duck Hunt on NES. Yes! <laughs> well, that's our first Duck Hunt. That's awesome. <laughs> Especially if you find the one place on the screen where you can just point there yeah. and it oh, kills yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I mean, probably Duck Hunt is the only video game I've played yeah. uh, Nintendo. I don't have anything past that, really. <laughs> so uh, that, and, you know, as far as movies and stuff, man, you know, go all the way back to, like, Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, oh, yeah. I can sit down and watch that. Any time of day. Good movie. And uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, just running through the woods, you know, chasing deer down, and then uh, putting a good shot on with the old musket. So Heck yeah, 
Nothing better than that. That's awesome. And I think Brooks and I are actually kind of old souls. All we do is read books about the Wild West. And, man, we're not we're not really good about pop culture and what's yeah. cool and trendy. Hey, that counts. Books count. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, that's part of it. Absolutely. So what books? What books are you into? Uh, well, the one I just finished up was uh, Steve Ronella's Meat Eater. Um, just a, a great story about you know talking about his upbringing and hunting and how he really values the kill and how he strives to use every single piece of it and you know i really think you know there's as the hunting market expands and it's becoming kind of the trendy cool thing to do i think it's really important that guys understand why they're doing what they're doing and why what they're doing is important and really kind of steer away from that whole trophy hunting aspect you know while we all want to get that big game kill mm-hmm. um, it's really about taking the animal responsibly using the meat responsibly and you know just giving thanks for what you were able to do and, and honor that animal appropriately. Sure. You know who y'all remind me of, like your philosophy and your, your concepts and everything? Do y'all, y'all pay attention to uh, Cameron Haynes at all? Yeah. The yeah. fitness aspect yeah. and what you're hunting for. The, the philosophies are very, very similar. So, Which, I mean, it's ours too. It's yeah. kind of the same way we think. But it's good to see more people are doing that out on the TV shows and everything because – a lot of those shows, it's all about the big trophy bucks. And yep. They don't really say what it's really all about. So. Yeah, you know, that's something we really stri- we, we strive to show as well. So, I mean, one thing you'll see with us is we don't necessarily show that big game kill every episode. I yeah. mean, because a big part of hunting is you're not successful every time. Sure. But that doesn't mean that there's not entertainment value. And <laughs> like my entire year last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you still had fun. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I don't, I don't have any interesting books on textbooks so has there been or is there maybe still a gun or a piece of gear equipment that you've owned or that you currently own that you're maybe a little bit ashamed to say you or admit to owning well go ahead brooks i mean personally if the gun does its purpose it works for me and i'm not gonna be ashamed of it i mean like you know my wife she's got a little 25 it's got a little she calls it cute and i really don't like that word but she calls it a, it's cute and it has a you know a little pearl handle and but if somebody comes into my house and i'm not there she knows how to use it and it will serve the purpose so for yeah. me i'm not ashamed of of anything that would that serves its purpose okay man i think i've probably got a little more ego than brooks <laughs> no i've got two that i'm pretty ashamed of so my first one that i ever purchased uh, when i was 18 was a uh it was a high point nine millimeter rifle, and man, wow, nice. dude, that that thing had a had a had a handle fed magazine, and what a piece! No disrespect. <laughs> yeah. if, if high point sponsors, I apologize, no, but man, not. that thing was <laughs> that was a piece. And then so the second one um, for Valentine's. I've shot those before, man. Those shoot really good. The carbines. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed carbines. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I guess in the second one this year for Valentine's Day, you know, being I guess the meathead that I am. I uh, I bought my wife a pretty pink Ruger uh, three fifty seven, <laughs> and she looked at me straight in the eye and she said, "This clearly is not for me." Um, so, needless to say, that one sits in my nightstand next to my Beretta because she won't acknowledge a pink handgun. So, <laughs> nice. Uh, what about any guns that you've had before that maybe you wish you had back, like you sold it or traded it for rent or whatever. <laughs> I mean, honest, most of my guns have been handed down. I've been fortunate enough to, you know, come from uh, a long line of of outdoorsmen and hunters. Mm-hmm. And so whether it be, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a, a muzzleloader that my grandfather built from a kit. And, right. you know, he hunted with it for a year, and then he passed it down. He did it for all the grandkids. And so most of my guns I still have. Sure. And uh, so none that, you know, that I've actually given away or traded away. Gotcha. Uh, at least nothing yet. That is, you know, nothing bad has happened to where I've had to get rid of any of those. Okay. 
No, I got to say, there's one that I definitely wish I had back. So when I was overseas, I carried an M16 uh, Alpha 4, which was a squad-designated marksman rifle, free-floating barrel, chrome-lined, um, real precise uh, shooting platform for the for the M16. Sure. And when I got back, um, I rebuilt the rifle that I carried overseas. I mean, right down to every detail that I could buy commercially. Obviously, it wasn't uh, it didn't have three-round burst, but, right. I mean, everything that I could mimic, I did. But then, Zeke, just like what you said, man, I mean – um, I was getting ready to move across country, and mm-hmm. I needed some cash, and I let that thing go, and I let it go for a song, and I, I wish oh. I had it back. I mean, I can obviously rebuild it, but you know that one had a lot of sentimental value and a lot of motion that went into the build. Yeah, and I mean, I miss it. I do. Oh wow, that stinks. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, <should> I- <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm squirreling over here. I'm going through your uh, your Facebook page. Oh, okay. Uh, just, Actually, just I see. I had a tank one time, and I, just, <laughs> I traded for some bubble gum, magic beans. Yeah. Bucket list. What's your next gotta have go to gun kit bow? You know, whatever it is, knife. Well, I've got one. I've got my eye on one. So I really want to build uh, a Ruger M77 Hawkeye and a 300 Win Mag with a muzzle brake. But that's only part of it, right? So it's a really solid shooting platform. It's mm-hmm. lightweight. It'll do all the damage I need it to. Okay. But I really want to have that really high-quality Swarovski optic. Oh, I've never wow. been able to, to to spend the cash on a two thousand dollars scope before. Yeah, and not it's that I can't to do, now, it, man. But <laughs> but the, the good thing right now is I can make it a business expense and semi justify it to my wife. So, I mean that that's kind of my yeah. dream build right now to build that rifle, build it right. Just start calling Swarovski now and say, "Hey, we need a sponsor for optics. We got <laughs> well, a show. We, we did just put together the hardest thing for me to lay cash down on, man." But it's man, I'll tell you though. But once you do it and you have it, you're so glad you did. Yeah, yeah. We've been told numerous times that if you spend the money on nice optics, the the rifle could be mediocre. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you guys have been to shot shows. So, I mean, yep. you know. I mean, you can tell the difference just when you walk in the different booths, kind of oh, how they yeah. present themselves. So if you go into, um, you know, like the loophole booth, it's obviously it's very nice and they mm-hmm. take a lot of pride and they build a very high quality optic. Yep. But then if you walk into the Swarovski booth, it's like you just stepped into a jewelry store. Yeah. I mean, they've got, you feel <laughs> yeah. like you're in a jewelry store. They're all in suits. You know, yes, sir, may I help you? And it's just, it really speaks volumes to the quality of their optics. But and see, I, all we can afford is the Tasco booth. <laughs> <laughs> Tasco. The, the, we just hang out in Tasco. <laughs> low end Bushnell. Yeah. yeah I got can you. I have that red yeah. dot for 25 bucks? Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. What about you, Brooks? Uh, I mean, I'm not that fancy, and honestly, if I had anything I could have, it would be old school, you know, flintlock, just... Oh, nice. Just, you know, I mean, I have a picture... All of, original, not rebuilt. All original, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a picture of my, you know, great-grandfather from, you know, like, Civil War. Mm-hmm. He's holding a, a rifle in his hand. Yeah. If I could have that rifle, it would be awesome to that's me. Cool. It's like, that's... To me, I mean, I, with my muzzleloader, I said my granddad gave it to me, and so every year, if I only take, if I only shoot one deer all year long, I'm no. gonna, I'm gonna take that gun until I, I kill something with that muzzleloader because it's that's all that matters to me is that, you know, is being able to get that one gun. Um, so for me, it's old school, and so I would go with nothing in particular, just something original and old. Nice. So Orion's Ken, who came up with the name? What, what's it from? <clears throat> Well, I mean, I guess I can go into the story there. So um, the whole idea of the show, so I I used to work in the industry, and um, I was living in Baltimore, Maryland at the time, but obviously Baltimore is no place for a country boy, and I just I had to get out of the city. I loved the job. Mm -hmm. I loved the industry. I had to get out of the city. So when I moved back down here to Middle Tennessee, I think it was about a week before I realized how much I really missed the industry, and I got to thinking about – you know, how can I be involved? But I want to make a difference. I don't want to just be involved. I want to, you know, help the industry grow and become better. Sure. So when I was in the industry, 
I was working in the mill tax space. And a lot of the friends that I made in the industry, they were starting to starve a little bit. You know, the, the global war on terror had wound down and the contracts dried up through sequestration and everything else. So I was really trying to focus on them and, you know, how can I drive these guys more business? What platform can I use to help them be better? Mm-hmm. And I started considering my background too, you know, with the military and then with, you know, the more te- technological side of the tactical space, you know, how can we make that cool? Right. And it just kind of dawned on me, you know, everything I did in the military helped me hunt. You know, all the survival tactics, the mountaineering tactics, all of that helped me be a better hunter. And I feel like if more guys saw that and were exposed to it, you know, they could expand their hunt beyond just, you know, the whitetail in their backyard or in their back 40 and really get out there and do something cool. Yeah, there's never whitetail in this backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I don't know. I've seen some of the city down here, so let's see. But so, I mean, that's how the basic concept came to be. And then, you know, I really got focusing on, um, well, I mean, let's be honest. I was drinking beer with my buddy Eric, uh-huh. who is my former business partner. We're, he, he's really into Greek mythology and, you know, the Spartan warrior and that whole mindset. Gotcha. He, he was an old JSOC guy, and he's a Border Patrol agent now, so he's, he's still in the mix. He just came up with, you know, we're sitting there looking at the stars, and he said, well, what about Orion? That's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, and then thinking of the Southern culture that we're in, right? right. We all have our kinfolk. Yeah. So it just came to be. I mean, as, as hunters, we're all kin to Orion, the yeah. great huntsman. So that, that's kind of how, I guess, the name came to be. Um, and then it, it just kind of grew from there. I made a lot of calls and, and really started to storyboard out what I wanted the show to look like. Mm-hmm. And I ran into our camera guy, Trevor George. Um, so Trevor's kind of background, he's a videographer and he's been doing it since he was five. Okay, uh, He's fantastic with the camera. And where he's really found his niche is in wedding, wedding videography. So if you know anything about wedding videos, it's all about the details. It's all about capturing the details of the dress or whatever else. Sure. So how that translates to us is... You know, he's got a very unique eye on what we do because he captures the details that nobody else sees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to put this out there for his brother, Brian. So Trevor, Trevor grew up in the uh, middle of nowhere, Mississippi, a country mm-hmm. boy. And his dad and his brothers and everybody hunt. I mean, they're real redneck outdoorsmen. Right. And Trevor's not. So, <laughs> so well, you know, while we sit there in Brooks and I get excited about an elk or a big deer or a hog or whatever we might be seeing, Trevor doesn't see it at all. He's so focused on getting the details that I – like. The video quality that we have is just I, – I couldn't be more proud of it. That's and, and it's it's because of his eye. Yeah. And then Brooks came in. Actually, I, I met Brooks at ATA this year, and we talked for about five minutes, and it just made sense. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, and these guys – I mean, I've known Brooks and Trevor now for about a year, and I mean, I feel like they're brothers. I mean, they, they're some of my closest friends, and I couldn't be more blessed with the team that I put together. Well, that's good, too, because the hunting show industry, I guess you'd say – it needs an injection of some different stuff. There's only so much of a guy in a deer stand going, here it comes. Yep. For 30 minutes <laughs> that I can freaking take. Yeah, I love no, it, dude. but it's like, give me something else. Yeah, and you're yeah, right, show man. Show me something else. They're all the there. same. They're all the same. Yeah. So mm-hmm. our basic concept is in every episode, so we're going to have a pursuit. You know, whether we're out there chasing you know, hogs or alligators or deer or elk or whatever. Mm-hmm. But every episode, it's going to be as much about the journey as it is the kill. And sure. not every episode is going to end in a kill because that's the reality of hunting. Right. But every episode, we're going to talk about a military tactic, something classic that will help you in the, in the backcountry, whether it's land navigation or survival or whatever it might be. Sure. And then we'll also have a modern military technology. So one of the cool toys that I just bought as a business expense is a drone. One of those really nice. cool DJI drones, man, that thing's awesome. But kind of flipping that to where it makes sense from a conservation standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, we all know the governments are pressed for cash right now. Right. And if you think of like the Colorado Department of Natural Resources, they'll send five guys to the field for a month to monitor elk herds. Yeah. And when you start talking about overtime and how much that actually costs in manpower and actual dollars, I mean, it's hard to do. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So on the flip side, if these guys can take a small drone 
and in an afternoon monitor like track a herd and get its size and its health sure and then go home yeah i mean that's huge that's a ton of money they can use to invest in other areas of conservation those agents can be freed up to do more valuable work mm-hmm. than just hang it out there so i mean those are the kind of things we're trying to bring to the market uh, it's good too because people like you and then our, our friends reaper outdoors over on sportsman's channel that's kind of what they're doing too not the exact same thing but theirs is like you see all the survival shows like dual survival and naked and afraid yeah <laughs> yeah they don't do that <laughs> but but they go out and it's a survival show they get dropped in wherever they're going to be they have to get to their hunting site they have to survive on the food they kill and there's a hunting show within all that too yeah. so it's different and it's like what you're saying y'all are doing something different it's not yeah. your typical sitting in a tree stand for 30 minutes <laughs> absolutely and that's we that, that's the big thing i mean so i mean like i said the big thing that i want to do is make a difference with the show and to do that we've got to be different so i guess kind of the two remaining pillars of that as we talk about and we see the government and how things go and they're a little more liberal every month and you know people are having a little less of an appetite for hunting every month every election cycle you know we need to attract as many people who are on the fence right now about hunting mm-hmm. to the good side yeah. before we start losing those public hunting lands so you know we're trying to appeal to those guys who are out there doing crossfit right now who are out there doing mud runs and the gals and you know really try and show them that you know hunting isn't just sitting in a tree stand it's sure. athletic it takes a lot of preparation it's an adventure yeah um, so, I mean, that, that's a big goal of it, too. Um, I'd say the fourth pillar, I mean, Brooks is most qualified for. So, Brooks, he doesn't like to talk about himself, but I do. Um, <laughs> Brooks is uh, probably the most redneck backcountry doctor you've ever met in your life. Uh, he's he's a real, real brilliant and talented physical therapist. And I'll let him jump in here to the fourth pillar that's kind of his passion. So, that'd be uh, the fitness aspect. And for me, kind of my background is, um, like, I grew up, you know, hunting and fishing and, and went to physical therapy school, came out. I've been a physical therapist for many years now and have served as a strength coach, performance coach, colleges, Olympic professional athletes across mm-hmm. the board. And my wife and I, we moved uh, went back here to Nashville and just kind of settled down. I was like, it's more important to me to be out in the woods running around than training an Olympic athlete. Especially when you're from the hole in the wall. Exactly. When you're from, <laughs> hey, when you're from hole wall, it's like, hey, I'll, you know, it's more important for me to spend a little time there yeah. hunting and fishing than it really is to be in another country training some Olympic athletes for sure. half a year. With the show, we can we can promote that health and fitness aspect. We can show somebody, hey, you know, it's it takes from going to the couch to running a marathon. That's a long way. Sure. But if you're going from the couch, you can do a few little things that will get you where maybe you can spend more time in the woods or you'll have – You'll be healthier so you can spend more time with your kids in the woods. Or, you know, like, like, you know, I think we talked about, like, having your grandfather show you some of those things. Right. And having your father around to show you some stuff that, you know, nowadays it's it's hard for some parents to get out and show their kids. So they rely on their grandparents to show them, hey, how do you hunt and fish? Yeah. And the grandparent has heart disease. It's difficult Mm -hmm. for them. So for me, it's really important to show people that you can get fit without doing all this crazy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. without having to almost break yourself in half. But yeah. we can also get those guys that want to do the crazy exercise. Yeah. They're all in the paleo. Yeah. Well, don't get any more paleo than actually going out. Killing your own food. Killing it yourself. Yeah. Drag it home and dress it. I mean, you know, like you, you, you hunt it, you kill it, you eat it, yep. you cook it yourself, everything. So you know where it's been. You go into Whole Foods. I, I got an argument with my buddy. He went to Whole Foods and got chicken. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the couch eating deer and tomatoes yeah. from the garden. Yeah. Like deer that I killed and tomatoes from the garden. And he got chicken, and he's, like, preaching to me about how paleo he is. And I'm like, dude, you get chicken from Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like I, I said, he didn't wring the neck, did he? <laughs> yeah, like, I sat, I sat in the cold 
I killed this. I yeah. cleaned it. I cooked it. I ate it. You know, carried like, it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, do you want to get caveman? Like that's you know, we can we can argue about this all day. But for me, that's really my passion is the fitness and the exercise and the health about spreading the the, the news of health and wellness to to people that want to get outside and and be healthy outside and hunt. Well, and there's something else to that besides the paleo aspect and everything. And all of us here have have killed our own food before. There's something like deep and almost spiritual is the only way you can describe it about killing your own food and eating it, taking and, a life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, there's you, something special about that. And that, I always think like you know, I mean, we're on talking lead where we talk guns, right? Day in, day out. And for me, growing up, like I said. From day you know, from as long as I can remember, there's been guns around. You yeah. know, I would get angry if if I didn't get to go hunt with with my family, like you know, yeah. mom, or, you know, dad and grandfather. They're going hunting. Well, I'm four. You know, like sure, I'm going to be twitching. I'm, they're not going to see anything if I'm in the woods. But I wanted to go anyway. And for me, like I always knew, a gun, you pull the trigger, something falls dead. Yeah. You know, and some I think some of these guys that they've they've grown up just playing video games. You know, you hit the button, somebody falls down. Well they pop back up and you play again, you right. know, and they don't have that real life experience of what does that gun actually do. And I think that's, that's something that, you know, like a lot of people miss about the whole getting out and finding it, killing mm. it yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Zeke, I think you hit on something really important there. And it's, I was actually just having this conversation with my wife the other day. Um, she's not a hunter. I mean, she'll eat what I bring home. She doesn't want to see its face, but you know, you're, you're dead. <laughs> you right, don't walk in with the head going, Hey honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, if, if she sees it, she, she's not eating it. And there's a lot of meat in the freezer. So, yeah. but, but you're right. It, it is a spiritual thing. And, you know, people have the mindset that hunters are barbaric and, and they're all this. And I mean, I don't care who you are. Right. You're going to feel something when you take a life. Yeah. You know, for, for me, when I take an elk or a deer, yep. I mean, that's a beautiful animal and I yep. love, I love them and I, and I want to conserve them and do what's best for them. And I, I feel a little bit bad every time I take a life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll go up there, and one of the things I always do is I like to put my nose in their neck and, you know, smell it. Yeah. You know, what what did this animal smell like? I want to get to know it. Sure. But then, you know, throughout the rest of it, every time I eat that animal, I think of the animal and I think of that day, and, I you know, I, I'm thankful that that animal was there and gave its life so that my family and I could eat and, and be healthy. Well, we've got a close friend of the show. She's been on the show, what, three times, Nicole? Yeah, yeah. And... She- she, a couple other things with us, yeah. She's done hunting TV shows. She was just on one recently on NBC Sports. She does the uh, Deer and Deer Hunter magazine. And she still, to this day, cries every time she gets a deer. And who knows how many hundreds she's gotten. And she said it's just something that happens every single time. Uh, it's a very emotional uh, experience. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, God provides it. You know, it's like, it's here. Yeah. You know, thank you for this blessing. Yeah. And I'm going to take it home. And yeah. And you tre- you treasure it. I think mean, it's it's more of you go to the you can go to the store and get a hamburger. And right. You don't you don't think about it. And for me, the, the health aspect, mindful eating. Right. You know, like what's the secret to yeah, eating health? That. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, but if you're mindful of what you're eating, you're like, all right, this animal came from this, and this is where it's from, and this yeah. is what it's doing, and this is how it lived healthy. You sure. know, and, and so. For me, it all comes back to you know that mindful eating again. So, it's well, just, I think I think the difference is you know they say the eyes is the window to the soul. Yeah, and you know you're looking at that game, that animal in the eyes when you go to claim it. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. Very true. No, you're absolutely right. You know, and a lot of people that sit there, I, I, there's a lot of hypocrites out there that'll criticize hunting while they eat their steak or hamburger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's you know, like I tell them all the time, you know, you're just a contract killer. You didn't have you didn't have the balls to go out there and do this yourself. Yeah. You just paid somebody else to do it in a commercial setting. <laughs> That's right. Contract exactly. killer. Yeah. 
And and the animal suffered not just the way it was slaughtered, but their entire <laughs> life because they're pinned up with thousands of other cattle you in this it. itty bitty one yeah. acre area. Can barely move. Yeah, yeah, it's just mass production is what it is. Draw by a factory farm and that'll oh, that'll, yeah. that'll cure them pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to go out there, you shoot an elk who's had three or four years to be an elk and yep. do elk things and. Yep. I mean that's in my mind that's much more humane. Well, and, and, go ahead. At the same at the same time, you know, I'm very thankful for Hardy's. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, man, that's in, not it real came meat. In damn handy today because I had I didn't have time to go out and uh, and hunt a deer down. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, touch on that a little bit. You know, with conservation, that's what a lot of people don't understand about hunting. How is hunting conversa- con- conversation? Yeah, <laughs> it's, great, it's a great conversation. Yeah, how is hunting <laughs> con- the- conservation conversation? Yeah. How is hunting conservation? And what a lot of people don't realize is that if if we didn't do it, especially in Tennessee, there's what nine hundred thousand accidents caused by deer yeah. uh, every year in Tennessee. And if we didn't do that, one the accident level, but two, they starve each other out. Yep. If we just let them run wild like rats, they would starve each other out. Did you just say nine hundred thousand? I think so. It's up there. I wouldn't I'm say Google that. that that's kind of high. Oh, no, wait, that's the population of deer. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah, that's, that's right. the deer that, that's population. That's a little high. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> that's a lot of <laughs> accidents. <laughs> that's the population of deer. If we had that many accidents, we wouldn't have any deer left in Tennessee. Yeah. Here, I'll Google and get you some stats. Yeah, thank you. Keep talking. Yeah, we so, know. A few years ago, we went from sorry, we went from. Um, you could kill like a doe a day, or uh-huh. there was you know like a couple of does a year, and then a doe a day. And now you can kill a doe or two a day. Sure. And part of that reason is the insurance company is like, hey, the deer costs us a lot of money. Oh yeah. And you know, and for us, we're conservationists, we can go out and we can, you know, thin down the herds a little bit so that they have more room, they have their more natural space that they need to to breed, to live, yeah. to live that healthy life instead of being all squared up and then you know a disease comes in and they're all on top of each other you know it's just like the black plague back Mm -hmm. in the day and like you're on top of each other everybody's going to get it if you're more spread out one or two get it they fall by the wayside the rest are healthy and fine and continue on that's why i think we should take all the PETA members and get like a thousand acre farm build them all houses and then build this giant like 300 foot fence and then just throw a few deer in there and then let them live there for about six, seven years. <laughs> They'll be begging for us to come in there yeah. <laughs> within six years. Be like, come on. <laughs> Man, did y'all see that county? I think is in New York State. I mean, New York of all places, right? Where they uh, they built a new uh, new community, and they didn't they couldn't bear the thought of the. There, so long story short, the deer overpopulated the community. Uh-huh. So like you were saying, you didn't see, you don't see deer in your backyard. Like yeah. they would have five deer in their backyard in every backyard. Holy cow! But as opposed to opening the neighborhood up to bow hunting, right? They they opted to pay tens of thousands of dollars to have people come in and tranquilize the deer and what? move them out to other places because that was humane. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean that that just goes to show. I mean just the disconnect in reality, right? And what uh, what they don't realize is when they take that deer out to an overpopulated area, that little sweet little cuddly deer is going to starve to death because yeah. the other deer are going to say, "Screw you! You don't get to eat yeah. anything." Man, I can't think of a much worse way to go. I mean, yeah. starving to death, burning. I mean, they're they're both right up there, man. That's yeah. that's horrible. Put a bullet through my heart. There you go. Make it quick and painless. Yeah. You talk about conservation. Like every time we pay a license, you know, we buy our license. Part of that money goes back to yeah, you know, the conservation. And yeah. like, like you said, if we don't do it, nobody's going to. Yeah. And and that's one thing that makes me sick about the people that are anti-hunting is they try to act like they're big conservationists. And like you said, they're probably sitting there eating a steak in their in their fancy little you know 
a HOA home. <laughs> HOAs. Um, yeah. Did you bring in your trash can, Zeke? Huh? I think I saw your trash can out front. I don't want to grab that. Oh, yeah. If I don't bring it in, I'll, somebody will knock on the damn door by the end of the day. <laughs> so you're but, right about 900,000 population. Uh, yeah, but they don't really give stats on how many accidents, but uh, they do cause an average of $3,000 per accident. Oh, see, that is a lot of money. Yeah. For and, of course, there are deaths uh, and fatalities that uh, that's yeah. the same thing, right? Deaths and fatalities. Yeah. What is it when it's the same Simile. thing? Simile. Sim- <clears throat> a simonym. <laughs> yeah, that. Onomatopoeia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you guys see the video floating around the Internet yesterday of uh, a, a young buck? He looked like he was maybe one uh-huh. in, a, in a community. And this young girl, probably 15 years old, tried to go up and pet it. And the the rest, the next three minutes of the video, are the buck chasing this girl trying oh, to mount yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what happens when you have too many deer in your community. Yeah. Right there. Well, and then the one where the deer like attacked the dog. Yeah. And almost killed it. That was pretty wild too. Absolutely. And people, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's 150 pounds of muscle. It's a giant rat <laughs> with horns. They taste and better than a tasty And they're rat. nervous. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So now it's time for facts, facts to, fight to fight the, the myths. Go for it, man. What's this week's myth? All right, so the myth that you have a lot in the hunting community is if you kill an animal and you have to cart it out in multiple loads, especially like in Alaska or Colorado, Mm -hmm. there's no way to keep the bears away. Well, there's a good way. We've done it. We've shot it. So the the easiest way is the first thing you do is you put your jacket over top of what you killed so it has your smell. Okay. And then if you go and you just take a leak around the perimeter of your your carcass, Uh there's a pretty good chance those bears aren't going to come across it. They don't want to cross your scent. So y'all tried it and it worked. I mean, I haven't lost any game to bears, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So is there, is there something you can eat that gets in your system, you know, like garlic? Asparagus. That asparagus. <laughs> I would think garlic and asparagus, man. That that'll keep anything away. Like, yeah. <laughs> asparagus will knock anything out. Shoot, yeah. I won't cross it if it's got asparagus smell. <laughs> asparagus piss is nasty. Like two mi- it does take two minutes. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> quick. You eat it, and then you go to the bathroom, and it's like, whoa, what the hell? Garlic's quick, too. So if you combine yep. garlic and asparagus, then hey, there you go. <laughs> Another thing, I, it is it is not a myth that you got to be in good shape if you go hunting up in the mountain somewhere. Because Left Hand and I experienced that real <laughs> quick last week. Yeah, we just walked oh, across Lord. the dude's house and we were like thinking we're gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, elevation's no joke. Yeah, and uh, you always talk about, I want to go on an elk hunt. That's like a bucket list hunt for me. You got elevation sickness, though, didn't you? Yeah, uh, they. Yeah. I had the beginning symptoms of it. My ankles were swelling like I was a diabetic yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, they were huge. I mean, I don't have fat ankles. I mean, they're fairly thin for a big guy. And they were, <laughs> I looked like a pregnant woman. And so I was like, what the heck is this? Ankle swelling at elevation. They were like, that's one of the first symptoms yeah. of elevation sickness. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, your, your body's not getting the oxygen you yeah. need. You, you know, you're, the air's thinner. Yeah. And you can't breathe as deep. You know, you're not, the, the oxygen is not there for your body to take in. Oh, yeah. So your blood can't take it. And that's one reason, you know, here in Tennessee, we don't have the elevation. So, I mean, you really have to work hard and be in oh, shape yeah. if you're going to head out there i mean i worked out in colorado for a summer and we had numerous guys came to the ranch and it's like they'd show up and you know three days later they're back on a you know bus to kansas because they were sick for three days like dude you got to get out of here you know like sure. you can't hang yeah and um you know so going out there and we you know we we do different a lot of different techniques you know like elevation we have training masks yeah. you know makes you feel like you're up to ten thousand. You're breathing feet. through his straws. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, you're just you know, and then but 
do that while working out. Sure. I mean, your your ticker's going and you're breathing hard and heavy, but you're getting no air in. But when, when then you get out there, it's not as bad. You're 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 used to it. And that's why, like a lot of the Tour de France guys, you know, yeah. they go to Colorado and train yep. before they go climb the mountains in France. Yeah. I think Zeke. I think Brooks is inviting you on an elk hunt if you train with him first. Yeah, I'll yeah. Do it. If if that's true, we I, I'm I'm in. Okay. Hey man, I'm get, in. get your tags and let's do it next year. Yeah, where well, where do I go to? I mean, where has the most easy to get tags? Man, if you you can buy an elk tag in Colorado over the counter if you want to if yeah, you want a really. cow archery tag. Yep. Or hmm. rifle. Let's nice. do it this year, man. Let's make it happen. Left hand. You ready? Yo, I'm in. Yeah, I want to hear that bugle. Oh. If I can just be out there in the woods and hear that, I'm going to be like, oh. dude, that's oh. it's bone chilling. And probably, oh, well, I've, heard, I've heard. The only thing that makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up more than that, and that's a good sound, the minarets yeah. in Iraq, man. Oh, it, it's, it's a similar <laughs> feeling, but completely different. Yeah. Like yeah. awesome and scary. Yeah. Very similar. At least with the elk, you want it to come near you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I mean, there was a certain time where I was ready for those guys to come too, but that's a whole other yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of places you do have to put in, you know, for your tags and, you know, like there's places like Kentucky. Right. And it's 10 bucks to put your name in the hat. Yeah. And your chances of getting it are not very good. Right. But then again, that 10 bucks goes to conservation. So sure. like we go back to, but so, you know, like, like I said, Colorado, you can get one over the counter. Other yeah. places you have to put in, right. and sometimes it takes ten years because you have to earn the points. But yep. you're getting there, and any mo- every bit of you know, all the money goes in goes goes right back to conservation and making sure well, those even, elk will be there ten years from now so yeah. you can hunt them. Well, even now in well, Tennessee, there's what two tags they give out? I think four. Four yeah. now? I okay. think one is uh, a youth hunt. Yeah. Two are draws, and then one is on eBay, which yeah. goes for you know four Thousands. or five grand yeah. or something every year. There's some big elk being grown in Tennessee too. Yeah, yeah. up in the, on the Cumberland Plateau. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is the when I first realized y'all were in Middle Tennessee because y'all did a hunt on the the wild boar, the Russian boar. Or something. Yeah, yep, yep. And I think you posted on Instagram. I was like, wait a minute, that's like an hour from yeah. Me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. I, I've always wanted to go to that place and hunt up there. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's real cool. Um, the owner's a real good guy. They've been doing it for years, and you've got your choice. I mean, you know, we're not big proponents of, you know, high fence hunting. Right. So that's – he's got, I think, 6,000 acres up there, and maybe 1,000, if not a little less, is yeah. fenced. And the rest of it is some of the hardest boar hunting terrain you've ever been on really? in your life. I mean, we – yeah, over wow. two days, we probably hiked probably ten or 15,000 foot in elevation just going up and down. Yeah. And this and is and and this is not like the Texas hog hunts. This is like wild Russian boar. They yeah, brought Russian yeah. boar over here, and it, well, these are the nasty big old. Yeah, man. Horses. And so the story goes. I guess there was some uh, wealthy guy that lived out there at one point, and when he passed away, there was no money to to keep his hogs anymore. Uh-huh. So they just let him go. And this part of Tennessee, man. I mean, you're talking, you know, three, four, five hundred pound, really oh, yeah. big, pissed off pigs. Yeah. And so, I would not want to be hiking and running one of those. And summers. every sow, you know, she can have eight piglets running yeah. around. So you think about do that a couple of times. Yeah, and they can do that when they're six months old. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, that's so why every, Texas is where they're yeah, at yeah. now with it. Every six months, you multiply by eight. Jeez, I mean, that's just one pig. There, yeah. There's a danger aspect to it too because it, I don't care. Well. There's some things you can use to shoot a hog world dropping its tracks, but for the most part, if you hit it, it's going to charge you. Hmm. I mean, it'll try and gore you before it dies. It's it's a thrill. Yeah. And then if you if you get in a hole, I mean, there's a whole mess of them. Say there's you know 30 or 40 in the field, and you can shoot, and they just scurry. You don't know where they're going. I mean, yeah. You got 15 running your way. You might want to have a tree. Yeah. That's kind of like the. Just uh, run Trevor. The African. Or a, 
Or a jetpack. Yeah. There you go. It's kind of like the, the African hunts, the Cape Buffalo, yeah. um, where they say the first time you shoot it, it's not going down, and it's coming for you. And that's why there's two guys with 500 magnums yep. you know, ready for them. Yeah, and the difference is I, I think I could uh, – evade a pig or at least hold them off but a cape buffalo man yeah. you're done before you even start yeah no thanks yeah <laughs> i saw one guy he told me cape buffalo, he, he threw a spear at one you saw it <laughs> like he he went up to like throw a spear and he and he hit it yeah but didn't kill it and that joker i mean he was within 10 yards of it yeah joker just turned ran straight at him and he just pulled pulled the pistol out and unloaded and the thing thing fell right at his feet i was mm-hmm. like, like he said he trained that way he would throw and then just automatically just start shooting. Now, see, here's the crazy thing. I would rather do that than the hunt that the Reaper guys want us to go on. Because I don't want to go on a snake hunt. They want us to go <laughs> down to Florida with them to the Everglades and hunt boas and pythons. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, man, y'all can have dude? that. No, nah, I'll check out on that. <laughs> I mean, those jokers are 20 feet long. I mean, we'll still do it. We love those guys. But geez. they just want to laugh at me when I'm in the belly of one of them. Yeah. <laughs> they want to laugh at me running a three-minute mile. <laughs> And is laughing at me, man. Man, I'll say those boys can have that. I have no interest in chasing snakes in South Florida. <laughs> no sir, that's crazy. I'll pass. Uh, hell no. So tell us a little bit about uh, your show. What we can expect? Um, can you can you go ahead and talk about it now? No, it's not out yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we're excited to talk about it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, just I mean, we gave you guys a general premise and kind of what our goals are for it, but. I mean, we really want to just get out there and deliver something different to the market and and just make people excited. And, I mean, Brooks and I, for some reason, we just have this stupid whip between us, Um. and we spend 90% of the time making fun of our camera guy. And when he edits it, it comes across really funny. So, you know, there's the serious aspects of fitness and conservation, of course, the kill, but we mix in a lot of good humor and, you know, that that really cool cinematography, too. I mean, we're we're really proud of it. So uh, this year we've got... We've got a 13-episode plan, uh, so we'll have 26 total. You won't have to see my face more than – well, I guess you're going to see it 26 times. So we won't have to see each episode more than once. And we've got some really good partners on the way, a few things that we'll announce in the weeks to come. But there's some really cool things happening, and we're just we're really proud to be a part of where the industry is going right now. Nice. What's the coolest hunt y'all went on? You don't have to tell us what happened, just what's the coolest hunt y'all went on? Well, give, us, give us some just ever together with this show. So I would say we just did a bow fishing trip, which that we was, consider cross training, and yeah. none of us had done it before, and that was freaking awesome. Yeah. So if you guys haven't seen an alligator gar, I mean, you're mm-hmm. talking like a six foot fish that's three feet of teeth. Yeah. So that that was awesome, but I mean, I'm just I'm so looking forward to this Arizona hunt we have coming up. So like Brooks was mentioning about points of getting elk, ca- elk tags, being a wounded veteran, uh, I've got access to an installation in northern Arizona called Camp Navajo. Which is a pretty unique place. So it's um, it's actually a start nuclear missile base. Oh, cool. so the only thing they do there now Sweet. is take apart nukes. Nice. So so we're gonna go up there and hunt elk among the nukes. I mean, it, with the way their draw works, <laughs> I'm lucky enough to get one every year. Do the elk have like five ears? And- <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm hoping for a massive radioactive elk. <laughs> I might be a little is, reluctant is to eat it. There a bunker there? <laughs> Dude, there are bunkers everywhere at that place. It's a wow. crazy, crazy installation. Um, but that's gonna be ten days. Um, it just of of primitive camping and in hiking and bedding down with the elk and just. You know, really doing it the way that, you know, like the Daniel Boones would have done it, man. It's, sure. I'm, I'm just, we've done a lot of cool things, but I just, I can't get that hunt out of my head. Yeah. I'm so stoked for it. Nice. What about you? I mean, that bow fishing was pretty, I mean, it was, it was fun. It, yeah. You know, it was not necessarily the toughest or the hardest, but right. it was fun because it's kind of like fishing catfish. I mean, you can sit there and talk to your buddies and hang out, but you get to actually shoot a bow right. at some trash fish. Most people wouldn't, you know 
use them for anything, and they're just taking up space and eating the babies of bass and brim and catfish. Yeah. Um, you know, that one, and, and, you know, like I said, the hog hunt was was a lot of fun, mainly because, you know, like our cameraman Trevor, seeing uh-huh. him for the first time actually in the, you know, like in the woods and you know, <laughs> hiking around stuff, and, you know, like just climbing up and down the mountains. And, I mean, it was yeah. it was fun if not nothing else to see him and <laughs> yeah. just to kind of get him acclimated to yeah. this is what a little small piece of what's to come this is gotcha. what you signed on for and so that first time i mean we'll make fun of him it's easy because he's not here but yeah it, i kind of equated <laughs> to the first time you take your five-year-old hunting he was just <laughs> lagging back kicking rocks being loud yeah gosh are we done yet and i think at one point he actually said man i thought we we're gonna be out here for 15 minutes to get a pig and go home <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. So we, we've broken with that, but I think, you know, we, we've done a lot of cool things and we're going to do a lot of cool things. I guess those ones stand out just because they were so memorable for us. I mean, like, like Brooks said, typically, you know, hunting stressful as it is because yeah. you're not always guaranteed to get something. And then when you go out there and you have the added pressure of, well, we need to do everything we can to get something because it's on film and we've spent a ton of money to be here and we've got obligations to the network and our partners. Right. It's a lot of hard work and you know people look at us and they're like, oh, you guys hunt for a living? That's cool. So, I mean, you know, first of all, we don't make money at this. Um, sure. We do it because we're passionate about it. We want to help the industry yeah. be better. Yeah. Now, I, there, there's only about two couples that make money in the industry and, man, we don't have the legs of Tiffany Lukowski. So, <laughs> so I, but, but at any rate, I mean, it's, hair blonde. Yeah, man, for us, it's, you know, it's really about passion. I mean, it's yeah. people don't realize all the work that goes into it. I mean, and, and, and honestly, the, the hunting is the easier part. I mean, there's a lot of stress when you're in the field to try and get something, but going out there and, and, and representing your partners 24 seven and, um, you know, putting the time in to sell advertising when the market's so flooded with TV shows to go out sure. there and really position yourself as something different. I mean, it, it's a challenge and it's stressful. And, you know, especially when you consider all the work and hours you put in and, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing it just to break even. But, yeah. I mean, for you us, it's a, about passion. a good point, too. What do you do when you go on a, a hunt or a shoot and it's a bust? I mean, that's just the reality Honest. of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's one thing about Trevor is... I could have done a whole season on that last Yeah, year. right. <laughs> and that, that's one of the things about Trevor is, you know, Trevor, he doesn't... He's not like your typical hunting guy. He doesn't sit around and watch hunting shows all the time. Yeah. He, he does video work. And right. so we go out and we come home with nothing. You will see us go out and you'll, you'll see the hard work because for him, this is his first time really getting out there and going after an elk. He's going to know really how hard it is. So it's sure. not like he's having to put on. Yeah. So he actually gets to portray how hard it is. And then on top of that, we don't come home with anything. He's just as disappointed as we are because right. he, you know, he wants to be able to bring something home and his success. But he'll turn it into a great episode because of you know, this is what he does. It's like, yeah. I, you know, well, I can use this. I can use that. And we just tell the story of like, hey, you know what? We went out and we – didn't kill anything. You know, we, we had our tails off. Yeah, I mean, we 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 crawled, we went through mud, we hiked, and we saw one. But it was, you know, if we got a bow and we see an elk a hundred yards away, yeah, I'm I'm not going to take that shot. Yeah. I'm not, you know, the conservation aspect. I'm not going to, you know, possibly wound it for a chance that I might get a big buck. Yeah, you know, I'm going to let it go and hopefully get one closer. So I mean, and you know, with Trevor not being here, you know, like you know, that's he probably wouldn't tell you anyway, but. That's what he does. He would turn it into a great episode because you will see all the hard work we put in and the, the true aspect of it. And for us, it's really important to show that because you know a lot of these other shows that are out there, every single episode, you know you're going to see some trophy animal fall. Yeah. And for someone that's new to it or that's interested in hunting, they're going to have the expectation that every time they go out, that's going to happen. And you know, with the attention span of most people, I mean, right. they're going to try it maybe twice, and when they're not successful, they're going to hang it up. Yeah. But what we want to show is you know something that 
you know, it's it's a lot of work, but just because you come home empty handed doesn't mean you didn't have an awesome time. Oh yeah. It doesn't mean you didn't learn something and yep. didn't doesn't mean you can't go out again and, and be successful. And we, we think it's really important to show that. Yeah. I agree. So what's next for you? Like what's the next trip? Oh or man. Or next event or what Dude, what's going on with the Ryan's Our next? calendar starting from now yeah now <laughs> now until january we're not going to be home so we've yeah. got a, a colorado trip coming up um we've got a few things we're doing here in tennessee uh we've got some wisconsin trips arizona maryland we're gonna do some waterfowl hunting out there it's i mean gosh brooks i think i don't think we're home again from two weeks from now until yeah. january i'm kicking myself because we we came back on labor day which was the opening of dove season yeah oh. and oh i missed it it was a blast and, oh, and you know, I mean, you can't go after that. Yeah, they're they're yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> you may get one a in few, a weekend. A few morning hunts out on a weekend or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like on the flight. I was like, oh, that was today. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You we still saw a bunch of dove while we were down there in oh, Colorado. They were huge oh, yeah. too. They were like freaking turkeys. They could, they could barely <laughs> keep themselves in flight. Yeah, <laughs> it was insane. I, I just kept looking yeah. at them going, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all need to test your skill. I think Tennessee allows. Squirrel hunting with handguns, man. Go out yeah. there. Go out there. Some really? Yeah. Take I a twenty-two pistol that. out there and plink some squirrels. They're good yeah. eating. I didn't know that. Well, you know, HOAs. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you, get me. You can air gun. You, you air shoot, gun. You shoot. A, you shoot a bow and arrow. That's why you need an archery. Yes. yes. Archery. Because in the evenings, if you shoot one, it runs your neighbor's backyard. No. You can go over there and drag it out in the dark. It's yeah. fine. Nice. Slingshot. Okay. <laughs> Slingshot. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, she is going to town on you, ain't he? Yeah, I think he's got to go potty. Uh, he's got to go potty. Third guest. <laughs> he's, he's, I got to go pee-pee, everybody. Well, as everybody knows, we've got the Talking Lead t-shirt contest still going on. You have until September 15th to get those pictures in. So if you haven't got a shirt yet from 1776 United, uh, go to 1776 United, get a shirt. Uh, probably within the next couple of days going to be your deadline unless you get it next day aired to you. What kind of stuff do you want to see with this picture, left hand? What kind of stuff do I want to see? Yeah, like what kind of stuff are we missing? What have we not well, gotten pictures of yet? Well, you know, we've had a little bit of, we've had some very good pictures sent in. Very creative. I just, I think we need a little more sexiness. Is that is that a good word? Okay, yeah, that's benign enough. Bring your sexy back. Come on, guys. Now, you Girls. just said, whoa, whoa, I was going to say, you just said, come on, guys. Girls. <laughs> But yeah, just we need more females entered in this contest. Post a picture of you in the talking lead t-shirt. Wet t-shirt would be great. Hey, a wet t-shirt doing <laughs> doing the ALS ice bucket challenge would be fantastic. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. There you go. And hashtag it either on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Talking lead t-shirt because that's how we're going to find these contestants, and then. Uh, we will do the judging, and you got your chance to win a two vets arms Bravo rifle, which we get to shoot at Circle the Wagons, which was awesome. As yeah, an awesome, we got to awesome shoot. Got to shoot the Bravo and the um, what was the their their upper their higher end AR. Yep, the two vets arms. They were sweet, man. They that shot really good. Smooth running rifle, man. Yeah, and then you also have an opportunity to win some um, seventeen seventy six hats, t shirts. There's some ammo up for grabs. MS Clean Kit. Miss Clean Kits. Yeah. Fight, fight soap. soap. Fight, fight soap. soap. You're going to get some fight soap. Yeah. <laughs> We're just making it up as we go. <laughs> yeah. All these guys are going, what the hell? We're not giving that crap away. <laughs> so want right. to thank our other sponsors, too. No. I, yo, no, what? Huh? No. What? No, we're not, we're not at the sponsors yet. Where are we at? So, so we're going to be remiss if we don't mention this. 
uh, a huge victory in California. Uh, you know, we've been out of out of pocket for a while, but we want to make this announcement. The if you haven't heard yet, the ten day waiting period has been struck down by a judge and is now considered unconstitutional Sweet. in California. Nice. We want to give the Cal Guns Foundation and the Second Amendment Foundation huge kudos on nice. their push for, to make that happen. And then what? You mean push? What'd I say? Puss. <laughs> I, said, I said push. It came out puss. <laughs> well. So just say on their push. That too. I mean push. <laughs> that too. And then another addition to our jack wagon train is Camilla Harris, who is the attorney general out there that keeps trying to take away all, well, they've got most of their gun rights taken away anyway, but uh, she's uh what? Isn't she the one that said a barrel shroud was a shoulder thingy that goes up? She said a couple of things, I think, that have been pretty um, <laughs> T-shirt worthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that other guy out there. What's his name? The ghost gun jack wagon. Oh, yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. So I'm still trying kudos, to find that gun. <laughs> kudos to our Californian followers. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. Now, now can I talk about the sponsors? Go ahead. So don't forget our bandwidth sponsor, Sonoran Desert Institute, sdi.edu, where you can go and get certified as a gunsmith. Um, if you have GI Bill, it, it covers it. Um, also, if you have Voc Rehab, it'll cover that too. So make sure you go to sdi.edu and sign up there. ICE Training, icetraining.us. Rob Pincus, our good buddy. Uh, check out their website. They've got some uh, great training courses coming up. They've got DVDs, books. Uh, there's some claw belts, some claw pistol sights. Uh, they've got all kinds of neat stuff on their website, so go check them out at icetraining.us. Savoie Leather. That's Jeremiah Savoie at uh, SavoieLeather.com. He can put pretty much anything on a leather holster. Uh, including and I mean anything. Anything. I have he proof. Do it. He can even get y'all an Orion's Ken holster, mate. <laughs> oh, so he can hook so, you yeah. up. I that just showed so. them the talking lead stay classy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, very, very talented Jeremiah Savoie. Nice. Yep. HG Press, Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services. For all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs, give those gun-friendly guys and girls a call. And uh, especially if you're a uh, veteran, they can help you obtain or uh, get in touch with the people that can help you get a VA loan uh, in the purchase of your house. You can get in touch with them at 1-800-615-1840, extension pew, 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 pew. Two, 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 two. <laughs> Cantubrunnerdesigns.com. Go there and Dax can take a round uh, shell casing and turn it into a pretty awesome pin. So if y'all go out and you get a... a uh, elk, and it's the biggest elk you've ever got. Take that shell case, send it to cantubrunnerdesigns.com, and he'll make a cool pin with it. I dig it. I'd like to thank our uh, new buddies out in Colorado, Soco Kydex. Mm-hmm. Custom Kydex. Yeah, Kydex. Soco Custom Kydex. Uh, the website is socokydex.com. You can go there and see their plethora of Kydex is products it for knives. Plethora. Do you know what the plethora is? <laughs> it's very many. Mucho. <laughs> mucho, mucho. They got mag carriers, can carriers, uh, all kinds of stuff there. So check those cool guys out. 
All or Nothing Tattoo Studios, allornothingtattoo.com, and their gun-friendly merchandise store, strangleholdmerch.com. We want to give a special shout-out to Martin at Iron Hammer Armory. Man, we really appreciate your hospitality, your your family's hospitality. Thank you for welcoming us into your house and to the event. Yes, sir. Uh, it, was, it was phenomenal, brother. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And Rockwell Tactical for putting together a good training event, too. It was fun. Oh, yeah, man. Those guys are awesome. I can't wait to uh, get them on the show. Yep. Anything y'all want to plug? How do they find y'all? Social media, website, any of that stuff? Yeah, I'll throw it out there. Okay. I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to have us on. Uh, Brooks and I really enjoyed being here. Uh, For those of you that want to check us out, our website is Orionskin. That's O-R-I-O-N-S-K-I-N.com. And you can find uh, Dr. Brooks Tiller and myself, Adam Mattis, on Instagram, uh, Twitter and all those other great social media outlets. What's your uh, Instagram? Yours is A Mattis, right? Yeah. Um, A Mattis thirteen. A Mattis thirteen. Yeah. Dr. Brooks Tiller. Okay. On uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All well, right. We, so, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say we appreciate you guys for coming out. We've enjoyed it. Yeah. One more thing. Uh, make sure that <laughs> this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, we're going to be doing a Google Hangout, kind of a post circle the wagons kind of get together with uh, some of the people that were out there. So yep. uh, pay attention to our social media, and we'll be posting the links on how to take part in the Google Hangout. Yes, sir. And as always, left hand, keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer. closer.